Bible with you tonight. Would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12? 1 Corinthians 12. I'll probably pick up some of this in, in other sessions, other times in the future. We'll probably just do a little bit of an overview tonight because it's such a big topic, talking about spiritual gifts. And uh, let me find my notes for you so you can see on the screen the scriptures and so on. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12. Is it behind me? Good. Thank you, Father. I want to read to you a slightly different translation as I did this morning. Just a couple of the verses at the beginning of this chapter. It says in this translation here, it's called the Mirror Translation. It says, spiritual manifestations are not to be confused with the spooky. Just say that again. Spiritual manifestations are not to be confused with the spooky. Just because it is spirit dimension does not mean that you cannot understand what God's Spirit is saying to you. The Holy Spirit, listen to this, this is verse 3 in this translation. The Holy Spirit will never distract from Jesus. Amen. I love that. Amen. He will not prompt anyone to dishonor Christ. His prompting will always magnify the Lordship of Jesus. Amen. Powerful. In, the, in this translation, this is the NIV that I've put on the screen for you. Remember, the NIV is the never incorrect version. So the translators tell us of the NIV. Well, it says this, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Another translation uses the word ignorant. I believe that a lot of God's people are ignorant of the inheritance that he has for them. We talked about inheritance this morning, and I believe that our inheritance is spiritual gifts and moving in the things that Jesus moved in when he was on the earth 2,000 years ago. Anybody can say amen to that? Amen. It says, you know that when you were pagans somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one is, who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say it, Jesus is Lord. Jesus Lord. That was by the Holy Spirit. Don't say the Holy Spirit never uses you. <laughs> he just used you to say Jesus is Lord. Put your hand up if you didn't say it just then. Anybody own up? Okay, well, Holy Spirit, enable her to say it. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Let's read on a little bit. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Have you noticed it's for the common good, not our own good? Amen. It's for everybody that God uses us in gift. Not for our own inflation of our profile. It's nothing to do with that. It's to do with making Jesus famous. It's to do with showing forth the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to mankind. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. 
to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Great scripture, isn't it? It's interesting that Paul said right at the start of this chapter, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be uninformed of spiritual gifts. So we're going to very simply go through these spiritual gifts and give a little bit of understanding to each one. You may have heard this before, but it will refresh you, I hope, and also give you an inspiration to ask the Lord to see the release of these gifts through your life. You know, I believe these gifts are for the church, so when the church gets together, but they're also for the people out there as well. They're, they're, they're twofold. But Paul is addressing the church here. You know, and I tell you this, we need more of these gifts in the church context because I want a, a day when nobody in the church is sick. Amen. I want a day when nobody is feeling down because they feel inspired by the Spirit. I want a day when nobody feels that they are the lesser because they have found their identity by the Spirit of God and they're edified and they're built up and they're comforted in the things of God. You may think that's a, an ideal. You may think I'm a dreamer, but I, I, I am a dreamer, but I'm also practical as well. That's why we're teaching on spiritual gifts tonight. Okay. The nine gifts that are mentioned can be put in three categories. The first category has three gifts in the category, and that's called revelation gifts. Say revelation gifts. The first one is the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is not an old wives' tale. The word, uh, word of wisdom is not what Uncle Bob said to you at the football match. The word of wisdom is something supernatural. And I'm going to tell you exactly what the word of wisdom is. A word of wisdom is a word of instruction about the future. It is speaking the hidden things, things we would not normally know or naturally predict. A word of wisdom is to do with a word about the future. It could be somebody's future. It could be a nation's future. It could be a community's future, a church's future. But by the Holy Spirit, there is a possibility for each one of us to move in this amazing word of wisdom. This particular gift is often misread or um, see, misrepresented as prophecy. This is not prophecy. It's the word of wisdom. I want to read something to you just briefly that uh, somebody that um, I've, I've never seen him preach, but he was somebody that was a, of a previous generation, a man called Dr. Lester Summerall. He said this, if the church was moving more powerfully in the revelation gifts of the Holy Spirit we're about to look at now, wisdom, knowledge, discerning of spirits, there would be no more need for fortune tellers crystal ball gazers, Ouija boards, tea leaf readers, palm readers, and all the other paraphernalia that the devil uses to deceive the people of our generation. We are in the greatest wave of black magic and witchcraft ever known. One reason for this, listen to this, one reason for this is that the church has not properly operated in the gifts of the spirit. We have not used the weapons of our warfare to stop the devil's counterfeits. Powerful statement, isn't it? Yeah. And we've shied away because we think all that stuff is spooky. 
When we talk about the Holy Spirit's gifts, we're not talking about that which is spooky. We're talking about reality of, of the Christian life. The way Jesus walked when he was on the earth. Do you agree with that? The next one is the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is different from the word of wisdom. The gift of the word of knowledge deals with that which exists either from the past or present. Again, this is something that God reveals and is not naturally known. Let me give you an example of the word of wisdom and let me give you an example of the word of knowledge. In 2008, I had a number of young people round to our house who were in the church. There was probably in our lounge about 20 people. Most of them were young men. They'd either been saved in the church or been with me for a long period of time in a discipleship. And Ashita, my wife, was one of few ladies in the room. And towards the end of the evening, I felt the Lord speak to me and give me a word of wisdom. And it was a strange word of wisdom, but I just shared it with those there anyway. The word of wisdom was this. 2008 is the year of the woman, guys. It's the year of the woman for you guys in this room. Now, some of them laughed. Some of them didn't know what to think. But some of them grasped it because some of them wanted to get married. Some of them wanted to have a relationship. I said, this year there's going to be some godly woman coming to this congregation... And it's going to be the year of the woman. For many of you men. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> I just left that word. I felt responsible for it as a pastor. You know, that's a strong word to say, isn't it? I'm receiving that. Well done, because it was 2008. Well, receive it if you want. Receive it 2015, that's fine. But really, it wasn't for 2015. Please don't come back to me if it doesn't happen, because I've not given it now, okay? All right, bless you. Let's just draw a line there. Okay, <laughs> 2008 it was. Between 2009 and 2012, I was privileged to conduct eight marriages of those boys. Good, good women, by the way. Two of those couples are now involved in leadership in the church in Coventry. That was a word of wisdom. It was about the future. Another example of a word of knowledge would be a young man in the church, again in Coventry, who was saved from a Hindu background and came to Christ and just was baptized in the Holy Spirit in our front room. Again, a lot happened in our front room anyway. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit in our front room. And um, he had this word of knowledge. There was a couple in the church who could not have children. They'd been through two IVFs. And they had, could not have children. And we were praying for them to have children. And two Christians had gone up to them and said this. Well, maybe it's God's will for you not to have a child. Two Christians had said that. Another Christian had gone up to them and said, well, maybe God's uh, uh, teaching you something through this suffering you're going through. So they had all these things that were said at them. And anyway, my, my young fellow, he was, he's, a, he's a real sort of Padawan of mine, if you know that from Star Wars, a real Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> and he went up to them and he, 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 he just, he, in his spirit, he, he just said, by this time next year, you're going to have a baby. This was a word of wisdom, sorry, not a word of knowledge. Now that happened. They've got a new little boy. They've got a little boy. And they testify by it wherever they go. You see, these gifts are to show the heart of the Father to the world. Amen. And every single Christian 
can move in these gifts. Amen. Every single Christian can move in these gifts. Yeah. Every single Christian. But it has to be motivated by love for others, not love of self. It has to be motivated by the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, and out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it ain't going to happen. The gift of the word knowledge deals with that which exists, either from the past or present. Again, this is something that God reveals and is not naturally known. We've had many examples of this amongst us since we started Sunday evening. We don't need to give a particular example because I'm sure many of you can know examples that either myself or somebody else in the room have moved in words of knowledge. It's wonderful. Discerning of spirits is the third revelation gift. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. Wow. This is, a, this is a misunderstood gift. Can I say to you, the gift of discerning of spirits is certainly not the gift of suspicion. You notice those people that are around and they're very suspicious of everybody. And, Ooh, I don't like the cut of that person's jib. What's their angle? And they think it's spiritual to criticize everybody. But, but discerning of spirits has nothing to do with being critical and calling it prophetic, because really that's just pathetic. It's actually nothing to do with, with suspicion. And here's what the discerning of spirits is all about. This gift can discern the presence of the Holy Spirit. Has any, has any, any of you ever discerned the presence of the Holy Spirit? Put your hand up if you have. Oh, so you're moving in a spiritual gift. You didn't realize it, did you? Just like Jesus discerned at a time in his ministry that the Spirit of the Lord was present to heal. He was discerning the presence of the Spirit of God. And also, it discerns the attitude of the human spirit. I remember there's one lady in the church in Coventry. She came in with some friends. A lovely group of uh, girls from Burundi. And they were students at Coventry University. And uh, one, of the, one of the girls, she, she came in, and uh, during a real quiet time in the worship, you know, just the time when you really can sense the presence of God, she would start to say hallelujah. And it wasn't, any, and it wasn't weird, it was just hallelujah. And, and the Lord spoke in my spirit and said, that spirit is not my spirit. Oops, what do I do about that one? <laughs> so immediately, the fear of man tries to creep in. Well, you know what Christians are like. They're going to get offended if you go up to them and say that or do anything there. Blah, 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 blah. And then you get over that because you just experience the love of God. So I went up to her. I just said, can I have a quick word with you? Took her to another room with a couple of ladies in the church. And I just said, I, I just felt that, that, that when you say hallelujah, that it's not the spirit of God. Well, she started manifesting all over the show demonically. She actually manifested like a monkey. So I'm glad I didn't do it in the meeting because that would have humiliated us. So we took her outside to another place. We prayed for her, ministered the life and the health of Jesus. She was delivered. Now she's working for the Burundian government. Isn't that amazing? I'm not saying this to big me up. I'm giving you an example of the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. But God wants us to be intimate with him in order to develop a character that can sustain the gift. 
the gift is further. I was talking with Daniel on Friday with a, a meeting together, and I was just chatting with him about a number of things. And I mentioned that, again, there were some, some guys growing up in the church in, in, in Coventry that, you know, even if I had a really long day and I was absolutely shattered, and they'd come around to have some time with me, and it was like, bam, 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 the Holy Spirit would just speak. It, it, whether it be from the Word, whether it be teaching the Word, they'd be asking questions, they'd answer questions. And I'd finish, we'd finish about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and i think, where did that come from? I felt God say, well, they needed that. They needed the gift that I placed in you. It's nothing to do with how you felt. It's to do with you being a conduit of my glory for those people who are hungry for me. And you know sometimes <clears throat> with the gifts and the different things that you have from God that sometimes you'll feel not received when you speak. But really, <clears throat> don't get offended if somebody doesn't receive your gift because it's not you they're rejecting, it's Jesus. And if you get offended, that will stop you moving the way God wants you to because it stops relationship with him. So discerning of the attitude of the human spirit, this gift helps us to discern the presence of the angelic and also the presence of the demonic. So it's, a, it's quite a good gift to move in, really, isn't it? You know, I wonder how many church splits, church problems, would be nipped in the bud if we can move in this gift. If we can be like Jesus and say, I know the state of your heart. You may be saying this, you may be saying this, but your heart is completely different. Let me help you deal with that in the love of God. And I would, I, my prayer on this community is that every one of you can discern, whether it's from the Spirit of God when somebody speaks. Even if they, what they say sounds okay, but something in you is a... Mm. Where that's coming from. There's a misrepresentation going on of God and of other people. And you need to be in tune to that that goes on. Amen. Discerning of the spirits. So, those are the revelation gifts. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I told you it'd be a simple overview tonight. We haven't got time to go into depth. Power gifts. Who likes a bit of power gifts? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, you know, love is stronger than death, love is powerful, isn't it? The power gifts. Here we go. The gift of faith. This is um, this is such a quality gift. So I did a fiery thing with it. Here we go. <laughs> the gift is in operation. This gift is in operation when God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, performs supernatural exploits that cannot be humanly explained or done ordinarily. It is a gift to achieve the impossible. We've all been given the measure of faith. And we can all develop our faith in the Word of God. But this is another level when we have the gift of faith. The gift of faith. Powerful, powerful, powerful. I've shared this story before, but it's worth sharing again. There was a lady um, from Rwanda this time who came forward in one of our times together in, in the Midlands. And she came forward for prayer on behalf of a brother who was diagnosed with HIV. And again, I was tired. It was the end of a meeting, and she'd come forward for prayer after we prayed for lots of people. She just said, can you pray for my brother? And I just felt the gift of faith to give her my sweaty handkerchief, which immediately she could have been offended with. 
I gave it her. I said, go, when you go, she was going home. When you go home, just lay this on your brother. He's going to heal you. He's going to help you. <laughs> so she did. She went home and did that. And I heard that she'd been back to the clinic. And he, he had been HIV positive. He's now HIV negative. Amen. That's the gift of faith. Nothing in my feelings or emotions, nothing wanted to do that. And somewhere the Holy Spirit came. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. No. You know, when sometimes you hear testimony, you think, and I did this, and I did that, and God used me powerfully. I tell you, I didn't feel like it. I felt like going home, having a cocoa, going to bed. <laughs> and it just came. Holy Ghost. I like cocoa, by the way. <laughs> gifts of healing. Have you noticed this is plural? Gifts of healing. This is the only gift that is plural. God, this is the amazing thing about God. First the natural, then the spiritual. You go to hospital, you've got consultants in different areas, haven't you? Yeah. In different areas of medicine. Different areas of looking after people and making them well. First the natural, then the spiritual. God wants his people to move in diverse and different gifts of healing. Amen. Gifts of healing. There's certain people I've ministered to and I have more faith personally that they'll get healed because I've seen that particular kind of sickness go before. There's different gifts of healing that God wants you and I to move in. Do you agree with that? Oh, that's good. I believe we need gifts of healing in the church. I believe we need that so much because I see under the old covenant people living to very old age and living strong and living long. How much more under the new covenant? Amen? How much more under the new covenant? Gifts of healing can help in that process. We need to see these wonderful gifts in the church and beyond the church into the community. The working of miracles. This gift literally means the ability to activate or energize the power of God. When you look at the Greek working of miracles, miracle there is the word dunamis in the Greek. It's the same word that Jesus used when he said to his disciples in Acts 1, chapter 1, 9, or 1, 8, I think it was. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Who has received the Holy Spirit in baptism of the Holy Spirit? Just wave at me. Okay. So in you, there's a dunamis. When you feel it, just forget your feelings. You, you don't live by your feelings. The Bible calls feelings flesh. Because we don't live by flesh. We don't live by the five physical senses. We live by the Spirit. We are, we're righteous, so we live by faith. So whether you feel it or not, you have the dunamis, the dynamite of God on the inside of you right now. Look at your belly. Inside, you've got the dunamis of God. You've got the dunamis of God on the inside of you. <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. The fire of God is on the inside of you. And this gift is the ability to activate and energize that which the Holy Spirit's already put in you. Now, what's the, what's the end result of, being, of this dunamis, this power being activated and energized within you? The result is miracle signs and wonders. 
miracles, signs and wonders. And here we are, Christians, sometimes being the sad sacks. Oh, God will never use me. you got dynamite on the inside. God wants to release this gift into us that enables to activate and energize the power of God. The working of miracles. The working of miracles. You know, use the imagination God gave you for stuff that's good. Imagine not being the one that Jesus touched and got healed, but imagine being the person who brings miracle signs and wonders wherever they go. There's no qualification other than being a believer and a disciple of Jesus. God wants it in our everyday life. Can you say amen? amen? Okay, inspiration gifts. So the three last gifts, inspiration gifts, are, hopefully this will work, here we go. The gift of prophecy. Again, much misunderstood, the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is the greatest of the three inspiration gifts because Paul, particularly in his letters, goes on strongly about having the ability to prophesy. He says, be eager to prophesy. Be eager to prophesy. When people received baptism in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Have you noticed we've reduced it to just speaking in tongues? As long as you can speak in tongues, brother, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. What about the other eight gifts? The gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy in the New Testament is not foretelling the future. That's the word of wisdom, okay? We looked at that already. This is what the gift of prophecy simply is. The ability to edify, exhort, and comfort God's people, particularly. Edifying, lifting up, exhorting, saying, come on, comforting when it's required. That is the gift of prophecy. Again, the gift of prophecy is not about you and me. It's about edification, exhortation, and comforting other people. That's what it's about. You go to somebody simply and say, God loves you, and you say it from a heart and by the Spirit, that itself can be a prophecy. If it edifies, it builds up and it encourages. Amen? Amen. Really important we realize that because... I think as we start stepping out, simply being those that encourage others, being those that edify each other, being those that exhort and comfort each other, I believe it opens the door for the Holy Spirit to use us in so many other ways. The gift of tongues. The sign gift of tongues that the scripture is relating to in this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 is a different order to the prayer language of tongues. When you receive the baptism of the Spirit, you have an ability to pray in tongues, and it's like a private prayer language. It energizes and builds you up. Paul says, uh, yeah, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So he didn't do it necessarily all the time in a public setting. In fact, he said it's better to prophesy in a public setting than speak in tongues. But in his private time with the Lord, he spoke in tongues more than all of them. It edifies you. It builds you up in your most holy faith. Speaking in tongues. It's a necessity, I believe, for those who want to move in the power of God. To be those that regularly speak in tongues and spend time with the Lord in tongues. I believe it releases the word of wisdom, for example. 
just see that in, in, in my own experience sometimes in, in, in going to somebody and uh, just speaking in tongues under my breath it releases a word for that person out of that reservoir of speaking in tongues but this is a different order of gift the sign gift of tongues is a different order to the prayer language of tongues this is gift as the ability to speak in other languages without learning them oh that would be good wouldn't it <laughs> but for the benefit and the propagation of the gospel. So if you read any of um, Brother Andrew's material, you know, he would go into the, uh, into the Nyan Kirtman Bibles, and members of his team would speak in the languages in Eastern Europe to escape, to make sure they could get the Bibles in <coughs> to those countries. They'd be able to speak to the guards. They didn't know what they were saying, but God was speaking through them. We see in the book of Acts that when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples, every Every language that was based in Jerusalem at the time, all nations had come in to celebrate. Uh, I think the Feast of, of, of Pentecost, as we call it. And they'd come in to celebrate that. And they heard the gospel in their own language. Powerful, isn't it? We just think a little prayer language in tongues, that's all it is. This is a sign, a sign, a sign tongue that you can be able to speak in other languages in order to get the gospel out there. Wow, powerful. And the last one is the gift of interpretation of tongues. You know, this kind of happens sometimes amongst us as a community on a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening. Somebody brings a tongue publicly, they speak in tongues. And basically that tongue, if it's spoken publicly, must come with an interpretation. Now somebody else can bring the interpretation, but the person who's brought the tongue... They need to have the faith to be ready to bring the interpretation if nobody else does. Yeah, right. Can't just leave it out there. There's a guy in the church in Leicester, and I was a youth pastor in the church, and he loved to, in the midst of the worship, just speak in tongues, you know, very loudly, and everything would come to a halt when he'd speak in tongues for about two or three minutes. Never interpret. What good is that to anybody? Blessing him, nobody else always needs to be an interpretation and interpretation is not a word for word translation so it's the spirit of the and the attitude of the heart in that gift of tongues the interpretation needs to match that so for example if I, if if for example somebody came tonight and gave a very sweet um, language uh, uh, spiritual language in tongues and it just seemed like you know god's love was just all over us as this tongue was being brought and the interpretation was, right, you're an army, get out there, do this, do that. No, it's not the interpretation. That's the fit, the language. Do you understand? Yeah. So the interpretation is not a translation. That woke some of you up, didn't it? Okay, so that is a basic overview of those gifts and I believe that God wants us to move in those gifts more and more. I want to say again, very, very clearly, that if you have a gift, it really is a grace. Some of these gifts of the Holy Spirit that some people move powerfully in, it's just all about the grace of God. I was again speaking to Danny about this on Friday, and just after speaking with him, I, I was just in some prayer, I just felt the Lord give me the green light to share on this tonight. But... Um, <clears throat> One of, the, one of the guys who moved powerfully in Miracle Signs and Wonders in the 1950s 
in the United States was a man called A. A. Allen. Has anybody heard of A. A. Allen? Well, he was uh, a mighty man of God, and he moved in miracle signs and wonders. Many people got saved through his ministry. Um, but towards the back end of his life, he was an alcoholic. <coughs> and he suffered with alcoholism. Uh, but the people around him still wanted him to minister because the power of God was still flowing through him. So sometimes he would be at the back of the platform and ministered in large crusades and meetings, and he was drunk. When they lifted him up the steps onto the platform, he'd sober up and start to preach. Moving miracles and then get back down and went to the bottle again. Now, it didn't last very long. It lasted a few more years. But God's power still moved through this guy. The Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. They're, they're irrevocable. <clears throat> but I believe that man could have had many more years of ministry if he got his life right with the Lord. So he did amazing things for God. And it's just as an example that our gift does not define us. Our gift, the gifts of the Holy Spirit do not define us. What defines you and me is that we are sons of our Father. We, we, our identity is that we are dearly loved children. And I, we are defined by a relationship with Jesus, not by the gifts that we have. Otherwise, we are heading for a big mess. God doesn't want that for you and me, amen? amen? He really doesn't. He wants us to live long, live strong, and move in the power of God. Just before I close, would you just give me a few moments just to share something else on the back of this? It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 20, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But it, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The gifts that you and I move in, they may be different to somebody else's <coughs> gifts. But don't compare yourself, don't compete. Just let your gift flow. And your responsibility and my responsibility is to cultivate relationship with Jesus so our character keeps us where our gift can take us. And we all need to find our place in the body of Christ. No long ranges. All need to find our place in the body of Christ. Because we will be more effective. Can I say this to you? I am more effective in the ministry that God has given me because you are with me. And I want you to be more effective in the ministry God has given you because I am with you. That is the body of Christ. And that's the context in which these gifts flow. I remember as a silly 16-year-old teenager with a lot of gifts, 
no character being asked to be in a ministry team. At Manchester Church, where I grew up, large church, five, six hundred people. The pastor asked me to be on the ministry team. Whoa. And my head was getting bigger and bigger all the time. I'm on the ministry. I even went to the point of going in, going to Oxfam, because I didn't have one, and getting a blazer. You know those blazers with the gold buttons? Yeah. yeah. I want to really look like somebody really tired. No. The blazer was with the gold buttons. Many people came forward for ministry, and the power of God was moving. <coughs> And this lady, she was quite a large lady, she came forward for prayer. She was standing. You know, some people, when they receive the power of God, they don't give you any warning they're going to go over. This lady just went like this. And I reached out to grasp her, and my trousers split <laughs> right down the seam, right there. I pulled that blazer down like that for the rest of the evening, looked very holy. I was very holy. <laughs> I just fell inside a little laugh <laughs> just felt father say that was so funny too. <laughs> this gift is nothing about me and me it's all about Jesus it's all about his glory it's all about him if you are counting how many people fall over when you pray for them you've missed the point You've missed the point. I conclude with this. Ephesians 4 ministries. There's a difference between the spiritual gifts we've just looked at and Ephesians 4 ministries. There's a big difference. The, these particular gifts and offices are given by Christ himself. Not the Holy Spirit. There's a distinction. Have you read the scripture? So Christ himself gave. If you read the few scriptures, a few verses before, verse 11, it says that Jesus led captivity captive. He defeated hell and he sat there, the right hand of God, and then he distributed himself, gave himself away in these gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These particular gifts are not Gifts of the Spirit that you and I move in as the body of Christ. They are people who stand in an office of authority and ministry within the church context. Not for their own glory, but to bring about the maturity of the church. Shall we just read this scripture? Is that okay? Yeah. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunningness and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. 
as each part does its work. What a powerful scripture. <clears throat> Can I say to you that there is so much information, Christian information out there today, whether on the internet, whether on Christian television, whether on podcasts, and so much of it is great Christian information. So much of it is great revelation. But these particular ministries that minister on TV, they usually have a local church that they minister to. And they just felt that God told them to minister wider than that, and that's great. But these particular ministries, when we look at the New Testament, they worked into the local church so that there could be a relationship between these ministries and the people and a mutual accountability in the way these people were, were working. You may hear a word on the internet, but there's no accountability that you'll do anything with that word because you don't know the person who brought it. Like a good friend of mine said, Christians always love the leaders they don't know. Christians always love the leaders they don't know. You see, these offices are still in human beings. They're still gifts. And they've still got flaws. And they've still got things. You know, I, I can, I, I'm not a kind of person that can stand there pan-faced and look fine when everything isn't fine. It's not work. It's part of my character. Maybe we've got mercy of the growing character. All good. And also with you. But the problem is this, that sometimes we think because we see a superstar on TV, we think that their word is more powerful than the word that an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist is bringing in the local setting. But where that person works in the ministry, they're responsible for that field. And we are responsible for this field. And the words that we bring have particular nutrients that will help this field come alive in God. And therefore, I want you to understand there's a difference between spiritual gifts that the whole body moves in and these gifts, which are leadership gifts, that will pass away when the body comes to maturity. They won't be needed anymore. That's why these gifts better not be defined by their gift. Have you ever met somebody, hello, I'm Apostle Bob. What? You know, my milkman doesn't come to my door and say, Hey, I'm Milkman Simon. Because his job is not a title, it's a function. It's a function. And we need to make sure that the person we lift up, the person that is on our lips and in our heart before anybody else, is the Lord Jesus. Let me just show you a quick diagram from Charles Swindle's excellent book on this issue of how the church is supposed to work with these ministries together. Have you noticed it's not a top-down hierarchy? <clears throat> you know, apostles and prophets are called foundational in the church. I don't walk into a house and say, oh, what lovely foundations. I don't see your foundations in your house. We've made these people superstars when they're foundational. <coughs> and they're there to lift up, encourage, <coughs> preach, teach, be an example, to help to produce evangelists, pastors, and teachers who will then equip the saints with them. 
to bring about heaven on earth, to bring about the maturity of the body of Christ, to bring about works of supernatural service and build up the body to the place where the body is all functioning in the spiritual gifts that I was talking about earlier. Father, I pray that something of what I've said tonight will sink in to every single person's heart. Father, I thank you that you love your church and you want your church to come to maturity. And Father, as for me, my house, we will serve you, Father. We will serve you in bringing that about. Father, I pray for release of spiritual gifts amongst us a release of revelation gifts, a release of power gifts, a release of inspiration gifts, Father, that go beyond just contribution, but a release of these gifts, birthed in your spirit, immersed in your spirit, powerful in your spirit, to do amazing things. Father, I pray for release in this community of people finding their giftings in you and also some finding their offices that you've given them, their ministries that you've given them. In order to see your kingdom extended and Jesus made famous. Father, I ask this in your precious name. Amen. I'm going to leave it there tonight. If anybody wants to chat, get prayer before you go, that's fine. We can open that up. But I just felt to just leave that with you tonight. And uh, believing that something would have sunk into your heart. God bless. Have a great week. Amen. Um, I battle with these a lot in the walk and I just want to 